0: Scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show
1: to take home to your mother, and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. Yes, indeed, it is Chaos and Disorder. I am Rick Flieger, joined by noted hugger, <laughs> lover, lover, yeah. Mr. Rick Briggs as well as our our sullen our sullen producer today, Alejandro Finkelstein. Apparently he had to work fifteen minutes out of his eight hour today day today and he's exhausted. So uh Solemn and late. Well and late. Well he didn't know he was late. We didn't tell him he was late. But, I texted uh, him like God knows when. See <laughs> here's something you never understood about texts, all right. This is like every other old man on the planet. <laughs> You, you know how when you get a text, you have to be looking at the phone or be near your phone or be in a position to answer it, to see it, right? You seem to have the impression, because you've done this to me. This is the only reason I'm going to bat for clown shoes over here, because you do this to me at least three times a week. You send the text, and then within four seconds, Hello? Hey! I text! Hey! Hello? Hey! Hey! That's not how texts work. You could call if you wanted immediate response. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's, it is, just for the people, it's Eastern time, it is 5.37. I texted him 37 minutes ago. Okay. He
1: walked in five minutes ago, and I never got a response. Well, perhaps he was driving and did not want to uh, break the law. Yay! Yay! See? But I know... How- I work at the same place as him. It It doesn't doesn't take 37 minutes to get here. Oh, so you're alleging there was an unauthorized stop in between. And unauthorized while not looking at your phone (laughs) to see if the two important people in the show (laughs) might be texting him. Do we think he was involved in some type of illicit activity within these extra, say, what, 12 minutes, 17 minutes extra? drug use you know it's possible because he's got a new uh sideshow bob do going and um it
0: just may that's be... not when
1: you said side that's not what i thought you were about to say i was like oh god now i gotta edit again so finkelstein doesn't get divorced <laughs> See, I just don't. <laughs> you can't talk about such matters on the air i was just commenting on his stylish look one of our 24 listeners might tip off mrs finkelstein you gotta be careful
0: I didn't say she anything. You're the one insinuating all this So one of the, one oh, so what of the other
1: 23? I'm just saying what I heard. I'm just saying about his stylish look. Oh, yeah. We probably ought to finish the uh, the intro. So check it out yeah, on thanks. Twitter at <laughs> Chaos and Disorder. Chaos and Disorder pod on Facebook and whatever the hell the Gmail is. Nobody ever writes us anyhow, so why bother? Huh? Welcome into the show. <sighs> You're deflated.
0: Disgusted? Why are you deflated? Just because you were just such a negative bringer-inner. <laughs> <laughs> a negative bringer-inner? Yep. Hey, thanks to Andy Frampton. You can find him on Facebook and TikTok, uh, at Broncoswanson. Swanson. Check for upcoming shows in your area with him. And, of course, at Real Rival Lovers on twitter and of course Bandcamp for rival lovers for a lot of great music i mean what you
1: hear in our intros and outros they got a lot of stuff out and it's good and and they couldn't be happier i have to imagine to be associated with this disaster every day right and, and along with the chop shop and uh dead sled i mean they, they all have to be thrilled well the
0: thing is we're happy
1: well, that's all and quite that frankly,
0: it's about us, right?
1: Well, at the end all of right. the day, that's all I care go. about and is the, the old number one so so it's a sad day, Rick. The college hoop season is officially over We 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 start to sort through the eleven hundred man uh, transfer portal, <laughs> unfortunately, a new development, but uh. After a pretty good weekend of games, a pretty decent uh, Final Four slate, at least one game yesterday, while an exciting game, never in doubt, kind of a thud, but it was, as a basketball fan, it was a fun game to watch still.
0: Yeah, and like we talked before we came on the air, I mean, I... I gave up in the third quarter. It just wasn't getting any better. There's I mean, no
1: quarters in college basketball. Well,
0: right? I mean, you know, the f- second, you know, the first half of the second half. See, that it sounds that better.
1: That makes okay. more sense. Well, done. actually, I like third quarter better, quite frankly. <laughs> but, but, but you're right; they don't have quarters. But in as the, a uh, as a noted math man, something would yes. have to be divided in quarters for it to be a quarter. That's true. That's very that's very true.
0: So um, you are a noted math man. Mm-hmm. I mean just a whiz. Yeah, that's my figure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like the uh But like you said, I mean they got it to ten towards the second, the end of the first half there and it looked well maybe, but boy, I mean they came out and Baylor I mean they were just put to thumping to him. I mean they just could not do
1: anything against that defense. I mean, one thing we talked about all year, at least through the tournament season, I don't know if we talked much Baylor before the tournament came around, but that was without a doubt the most athletic team in the tournament. And they really came out and showed that yesterday. And what they did defensively, and what they did through the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and the Final Four, where they just came out and jumped all over teams before they knew it was coming. But I can't remember. I'm sure there's been better. I'm sure it's happened more times than I can remember remember but in recent memory that might be the best defensive effort I've ever seen out of a team you don't usually talk about that in the context of just a couple of fans recapping a game but they were living inside the jerseys of Gonzaga players they weren't fouling at least early in the game late in the half and early in the second half when Gonzaga started tightening it up they they were drawing some fouls but other than that Baylor just all over the place there's nothing Gonzaga could do to keep that under 50 as well as Baylor played is actually a testament to Gonzaga because most other Division One teams, even good Division One teams, would have lost that game by thirty. It would have looked like the first half of Baylor Houston is what it would have looked like. Man, could that team defend?
0: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you, going, we didn't talk a lot about Baylor going into that. I actually had to have, I actually took them in the poll in in our pool because I thought they were you know one of the best teams so i mean you have to pick somebody and but who they went through right? And the way they went through them uh Houston what was it arkansas wisconsin uh, villanova i believe right. and i mean that's that's not just a um, a set of cupcakes i mean that is some heavyweight teams and they made it look like these teams were were
1: minor conferences it was like iona right. every game it, That quick start. I mean, that that game was over, and and there was two narratives going into that game, and my FanDuel account will tell you I took the wrong narrative. Uh, (laughs) There was two ways you could look at it. Looking at Gonzaga coming off that incredible game against UCLA in the Final Four over the weekend. Look, it gets thrown out there too much. I actually tweeted this. Too many times we talk about a close game. A back-and-forth game is a great game. That's not always the case. That game Gonzaga and UCLA played on Saturday night was a fantastic ball game. Tip-to-tip. Plays back and forth. Nobody got too far away. The referees didn't take the game over. People were trying to tried to whip up fake controversy on that charge call. Yeah. It, they, no, it was it was, it was a, a good charge. call. It just well officiated. Mm-hmm. The officials got out of the way. Come down to, and then you ended on a buzzer beater. What else can you ask for? Suggs with that just miracle at the end. It was such a good. So either that. The narrative I went with going into last night when I gave all my money back to FanDuel for the whole tournament when I, my two two locks were Gonzaga minus four and a hot four and a half and the first half under seventy five. Whoops, <laughs> both were over within about six minutes of the tip of that game, but. You look at it, they come in. finally, for the first time, they've had a close game—the first non-double-digit win they'd had in what thirty-some, twenty-five games or something like right. that come in on a high, or you can let down, right? Or there's just that natural, you come out flat, and as flat as Gonzaga came out, if they even did, it's impossible for me to tell if Gonzaga came out flat or Baylor was just that good defensively. Gonzaga doesn't turn the ball over, and that's all they did for the first 10 minutes of that yeah. game. Then Gonzaga goes five for five from three to start the game, and it was really never in doubt. They got it to 10 at halftime, and I think it uh, to, what, nine at some point relative early in the second half, but think, really yeah. <clears throat> it never felt like Gonzaga was in that game.
0: But to me, that is so much more a testament to Baylor. Because, oh, absolutely. Because it wasn't Baylor going out and they hit a Gonzaga who does nothing but throws up threes and they couldn't hit anything. This team shoots from the three, from the arc. They shoot the mid-range shots. They take the layups. They, they play a good brand of defense on their in their own right and and they're careful with the ball and Baylor destroyed everything, everything. that they were trying yeah. to do just i mean everything it just they threw them out of every facet of the game that they tried they couldn't get it inside they couldn't shoot it from outside they just didn't even have the shots you know for a lot of the game and yeah i mean it, to me it's just it's just a testament of Baylor just how good that team is and Before we get to a rant about Gonzaga, about some of these rant, yes, we want to uh, congratulate uh, Mister Nate Speckman, who is the winner of the Chaos and Disorder, you know NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. He brought down a hundred and twenty-five dollar prize, and uh, congratulations, Nate. Uh, He's out, uh, I believe, in Nebraska, and uh, we appreciate him listening and participating and everybody that did.
1: Yeah, and and for the rest of you, you all stink. You're you're losers. Way to go, Nate. So uh, so he gets the ill-gotten $25 gift card plus... Plus a hundred dollars cash from my Fando account after the Mac tournament that I could really use after last night. So, so Nate, you're you're making this one hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I don't think Nate cares.
1: No, I don't, I, and I I don't, don't blame think, him. I don't think it's Nate's concern, so I won't blame him for that.
0: But I, I came across a lot of uh just infuriating you know, tweets about Gonzaga. Oh yeah. You know, and not even even before the Baylor game, you know they're overrated. They're a mid-major. They couldn't hold a candle to to the old Jerry Tarkanian UNLV teams or some of the Duke teams. You know, yada yada yada. This team's lost what two games in the last couple of years, right? Yeah, you know we talked before we come on the air. You know Mark Few, he's turned down jobs. This guy has created a what? Twenty-year power, twenty-five maybe year twenty-five powerhouse. years now. Was it ninety-eight when the Cinderella yeah, run started somewhere yeah, in there? I mean, it. And, and to your point, what you said. I mean, it is a recruiting hotbed. They can recruit out there against the ACC, and they can they can recruit against the Big Ten. This team isn't overrated. They hit a buzz saw on Baylor. It's, it's not like they had a, a an easy run heading to it either no you know i mean they played everybody under on their schedule and beat them and they played everybody in the tournament and beat them except one team right so i mean don't tell me that just because there's some mid-major they they had a you know fortuitous run or, or seeding, whatever the case may be, that they're overrated. My God, they've got a seven-foot sophomore still on the squad. I mean, there there's only a couple of seniors on that team.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, they're going to be right there next year. They're probably preseason ranked number one. Uh, right now, the way too early is what they're predicting. Obviously, Suggs is going to go. He's going to be a top-five pick. Right. but They're going to have Timmy back. They They've got a good freshman class coming in plus a few other guys sticking around. Here's the thing. Gonzaga, the take that you see with them has gotten lazy, right? And it's for a lot of years, it was a reasonable conversation. They're playing in a lesser conference. You know, when BYU, after December, when BYU is the best team you can hope to play for St. Mary's for the rest of the way. I think it leads to questions. Are they battle-tested? You know, Fuse done a good job. He will play anybody anywhere in the preseason. What was it this year? Michigan? I can't remember right. the, the murders row of teams they played. I think they were supposed to play Baylor and early won. on, weren't they? They were and, and It was canceled because of COVID. Yeah, exactly. Baylor was in the COVID protocol. But, but everybody needs to understand – Gonzaga, and you talked about few. This, this is a special circumstance. This is a team that somehow went from mid-major Cinderella spoiler. I almost liken them to a Wichita State, something like that.
0: You know what I liken them to? Butler, right? Seton Hall during the Carlissimo days. But it never goes away. Well, that's the you know, point. These are flashes in the pan that we mentioned, the Butlers and the Seton Halls, and even Wichita, really, to a point. Well, that's the point. Yeah, you know. but they don't go away no. is what I'm saying.
1: Gonzaga is a power, and, and they're staying that way. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm trying to say. Somehow they hit that run, and then Mark Few has managed to sustain it over and over right. again, and he can now... He can now recruit with the best of them, with the high major teams. He He's pulling top 25, top 50 recruits into there. Guys want to go there. Look, there, there's always going to be the narrative, and it's always out there. They are playing in a lesser conference. Their, their performance isn't elevating the conference, so they're always, in general, 25 points better than anybody they play from January to March. I no longer believe that playing that lesser conference schedule hurts them at all going into the tournament because they've made enough deep runs. They had a couple early runs when they started being seeded one or two. They had a couple where they got knocked out early. This is consistent success now going in. He can recruit anybody he wants. They they say that campus is about the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. Out there, he's got natural recruiting advantages, especially in the West. If you don't want to go to UCLA, if you don't want to go to the huge school like USC, that's a place he has that major international pipeline. He always has, there's always you know guys from all over the world showing up there. Would I like to see them go into the Pac 12? Maybe, I I guess it wouldn't make sense for him having no football team, having no it's really just that basketball team. And the university around it it's look we can't discount them anymore they're not a Cinderella and they're I, not this is a major power top right. 20 program in the country and I don't want to hear about the lesser competition in their conference
0: maybe from top to bottom it is but there are some quality teams in the conference but when you are scheduling the caliber of opponents that right. they are out of conference and beating them handily, there's nothing wrong with this team at all. They're not overrated. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't think they should move. Um, I, I think they bring, bring credence to the conference. I think there needs to be more conferences, quite frankly, instead of just whittling it down to five, which is what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's- and, and, and so, I mean, I like where they're at. I like what they're doing. And, and I hope that conference, you know, succeeds and, and actually gets better
1: it it may i mean you know, santa clara is always you know a danger to win a game yeah, right. or st mary's i mean not Saint santa Mary. clara st mary's you know utah or byu i'm sorry they're always good so look there there's opportunities out who's there who's all in that conference cuz i i can't remember a lot of them do you do you have that pulled up i, I think i basically i mean lmu san diego santa clara portland so there, there's some numbers in there. Yeah, there <laughs> don't are. get me wrong now, is that San Diego State? No, just San Diego. Okay. Yeah, not, not the good San Diego. <laughs> right, just, San, gotcha. just plain old San Diego. Well, that, that's, that
0: is a bummer there. But, yeah, I mean, maybe they could, you know, get rid of a couple of numbers and try to scalp somebody <laughs> from, <laughs> fr- from a whack or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if, if there is such anybody to be had um, money-wise, I don't know. But I would like to see them succeed and, and keep the conferences going, because I think you, you look at the ACC in basketball, I mean, it was quite frankly pitiful this year. It really was yeah, the ACC was way down. And I may be wrong, but is it because because is that a product of too many schools in a conference? Like if you're saying, okay, back in back in the old days, say I have a choice between oh Virginia and I don't know, pick somebody you know, Pitt, you know, Big East, semi-power, you know, pretty good power, or Virginia, who you know, until recently was yeah, you know, since Ralph Sampson days, they had their ups and downs and so forth. Well, maybe I'll go to Pitt. Well, now, if I'm just going to, I mean, any old school, I can go to an ACC school. I can go to Wake Forest. I'm still going to get noticed.
1: You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I just. I think like, it becomes more and more as we go along about coaching. Now that every game's on television, you know, for a long time, these powers had natural advantages because there's you. you when I'm recruiting, I walk into the living room and say, every game you play is going to be on television. Right. Now you can say that to everybody. Everybody, every game, ESPN literally covers every basketball game in some form or the other. If this transfer rule stays wide open, I think you see all kinds of wacky stuff. Because then every year we just throw everybody back in a bag, shake it up, and start start shake it up and start handing them out every year. It's what it feels like. I, I hope we we talked about that that might be another conversation for another day but just look at what gonzaga if anybody wants to downgrade him i know it's going back into november and december all right put up 102 on kansas put up 90 on auburn 87 82 over west virginia 99 88 over Iowa. 98 75 over Virginia. You can't tell me that team wasn't battle tested. No. And this exactly. is what you has to do. You're going to have to front load it with these type of opponents knowing that then you're going to start playing San Francisco and Northern Arizona and whatever a Dixie State is. I didn't even know that was a school. I assume that was a non-conference. I swear to God it says that. <laughs> BYU Pepperdine, you know, St. Mary's is good. The Nub San Diego Pacific Pepperdine. I mean, just pathetic yeah. conference. So, But I kind of like it. it. It's a neat story. It, it adds some intrigue to that team every year. You, I don't think there was any doubt this year, you know, save for Baylor, I guess. But for a long time, and really up until Monday at about 940, Gonzaga just on the eye test looked like the best team in the country, and they may still be. They just ran into a buzz How about the Drew family, man, <laughs> and Scott oh. Drew and what he did there at Baylor? Just, like I said, it was a terrible game in terms of really not being in doubt, but if you're a basketball fan, that was a fun one to watch.
0: It was it, impressive. There's just a display of how to
1: dismantle a very good basketball right. yeah, team. yeah, absolutely. So... <laughs> So more excitement over the weekend, Rick. I figured I wanted to just give you a couple of minutes as the Major League Baseball season started on Thursday and the first big weekend. I wanted to step back and give you a second to give your preview, your recap of opening weekend and your preview of the MLB season because I know you're excited.
0: I am am totally thrilled with it. Um, The A's and the
1: Pirates are probably
0: (laughs) the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Polanco is probably the worst right fielder I've ever seen in my life, and if they don't send him to the minors, not only is it a crime against Pittsburgh fans, it is a crime to—I don't. What happens if you get sent to the minors? That's a question because he's got a pretty hefty contract.
1: Does I don't that, know if he'd have to clear be, waivers or not. I don't. They got so that many weird. Does void rules.
0: when you go to the minors?
1: I think they have to like hockey. I think they have to have a two way deal, which I don't don't think exists. And now eh, he'll just still make nine billion dollars <laughs> striking out in Altoona.
0: And, and you know the worst part about it is is Pittsburgh
1: doesn't have
0: anybody in AAA <laughs> that they actually are excited enough about to bring up. In a year like this, when they're going absolutely nowhere, if they win 50 games, it'll be a miracle, um, that they can actually bring somebody up and, and try to see what they have. There's nobody in the farm system. Nah. And they anybody they do develop, they trade for prospects. I mean, what the hell are prospects for when, when the system has anybody? They can't develop it. Look at the
1: pitchers. That they've let go and oh. are now stars. They can do nothing in Pittsburgh. No, they can Just can't do anything right. And I mean, and, in terms of Polanco, you might as well just put a garbage can out in right field. It's just as likely to go in the garbage can as it is Polanco's glove. And if you just didn't send a batter up, you're just hoping their pitcher can hit the strike zone three times, which is a possibility. So, right, it'd be the same result. It, it,
0: it's a it's a hideous display of baseball, and 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 unfortunately the. The little bit that I have seen has been the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, well, and it's it's
1: gruesome to that'll watch. That'll sour you on baseball.
0: It, it's just gruesome. I mean, baseball has not been betty betty good to me. <laughs> I mean, you know, quoting you know Saturday Night Live. I, it's just not because you know it, unless you are a fan of what the you know talk about the Power Five. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at your Boston's, your New York, your L.A.s, etc. Et it's
1: dismal. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. After that, it so. really is. So, so I had to pull the most professional move in broadcasting yep. history, and I've got to leave the show early. So, luckily, to a lot of you, based on the comments I see on Twitter, you're going to get the Briggs and Finkelstein show the rest of the way. But I thought, oh, here we go. But I thought <laughs> I'd leave you with a thought starter. Okay. After our conversation last week, I felt it important to take another look. At the Deshaun Watson situation. Okay, so I kind of wrote my opening salvo, but I wanted to put it through Finkelstein to make sure it met our our stringent broadcast standards. So, so we, we may hit that next yeah, week. Well, no, we're going to hit it right now. Oh. I'm going to get you guys started because I can't be trusted. Well, so here's what Finkelstein. I'll you know okay. we'll tweet out later what I said, but here's what was ended up being approved. This is the thought starter for you guys to discuss as I exit stage left. So. <clears throat> An unspecified amount of unidentified human beings have now spoken, out, spoken up about certain concerns involving Deshaun Watson. Watson and his team have provided an unspecified response. Stay tuned for updates as we receive them. So there it is, hard-hitting news here on Chaos and Disorder. So thought-provoking. That's what I and thought. And before you take off, since it is Masters Week, Ah, right? yes. I mean, I... You and I have been touting Jordan Speed for two months, but now he's not going to win because he won Valero. Everybody who wins Valero would say, "Oh, that guy's about to win the Masters," and he shoots right. 84 on Thursday. So I don't think he's going to shoot 84. He may not win the Masters. I
0: think he's going to be in the mix, but now. I think Jordan Spieth is back.
1: What was that number? What was the line on that you gave us last week? Do you remember? He is. Do you know what for he is Spieth?
0: now? Yeah. Right now he is at
1: ten to one. See, it, it was big, long. Remember, he, I said was I'd bet it was it, like
2: twenty. Twenty one hundred.
1: Yeah, the, the yeah. money was big, and I said I should have put it in last week before he did this, did Valero. But yeah, I was all over that, and I think I remember saying, "Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be speed. This is where I remember we talked about now finally the right. prodigal son returns, right to where it all fell apart. Damn, I just wish he hadn't won in Houston. <laughs> that just, yeah, that I, just I agree. That it, it should be up. a great tournament, and.
0: When you come back next week, we probably should have from our favorite journalist Ooh. a new extravaganza <laughs> of excitement in journalistic
1: golfdom. Indeed. All right, fellas, All right, I've got to run. Don't ruin my show. Don't burn down the studio, and uh, don't call me.
2: No promises. What's oh. your
1: thing? Hasta my Bye,
2: um, uh... whores! <laughs> Well and
0: done. as Mr. Fligger takes off to go to a, his daughter's volleyball game, we are moving right along. Yeah, l- hey. Let's stay right on the Masters quickly here. Uh, While well, you're up,
2: do you want to grab a Spears? Sure.
0: <laughs> Why not? As of right now, the 2021 Masters odds are Dustin Johnson 9 to 1, Justin Thomas 10 to 1, Jordan Spieth 10 to 1. Your boy Bryson DeChambeau, Damn 11 I to 1. <laughs> John Rahm, thank you. 12 to 1. Rory McElroy, 14 to 1. Um those are the favorites. Hmm. Uh, Bruce Kepka way down at 25 to 1, a lot to do I'm sure with his injury. And uh Lee Westwood, an old old timer but a favorite of the fans. He is at 30 to 1, still playing well at his age. Um Who else of uh, note that I can really see? Jason Day, all the way up to forty-five to one. So tell me, Alejandro, who do you like? I mean, (laughs)
2: Deschamps, but but honestly, um, I think he's got a shot. Of course he does. But realistically, I'm kind of all in on Morikawa. I, I know it's the hot trend.
0: Twenty-eight to one right now,
2: but. That man, he, as they said, he just figured out how to do the mid game. Like you're going into the masters on a hot streak and you're just learning how to play golf. I like it. I, I, for whatever reason, I'm all in on him.
0: We shall see. It should be interesting. I mean, uh, um, as many people, well, maybe not a lot of people realize, but Augusta National, short as it is, is nobody's fool. It's a different animal. And don't kid yourself. It doesn't matter who you are. When you're rounding amen corner in the final round and you're in contention, that little that little pressure dial starts going up. It doesn't matter how cool and calm you are. And, you know, that's where a lot of the um, – difference is there's there's guys like DeChambeau. I would like to see him like in a real knuckle buster with like two or three people within one shot. Um I I I want to see that that kind of a tournament. And um I would like to see him say Speeth, a McElroy, maybe a Kepka, even a Lee Westwood all tight within a shot. That would be exciting.
2: I I would love to see the uh, a down to the wire Last day, it comes down to like last six holes. Oh, yeah. Just knock down, drag out. Um, so, for the betters out there, a name that keeps coming up, and I have seen nothing this season that really jumps out at me, but uh, Victor Hovland, is that how you pronounce his last name? Hov, H-O-V-L-A-N-D. Okay, okay? yeah. Um, right. A lot of betters are big on him as kind of like the, the dark horse, the the sprinkle some money on? What's your take on him?
0: I don't know a lot about him, but, I mean, at 33-1, to 1, he's certainly worth a look at. Um, I would like to see what he's done in the last month. Um, you kind of took me off guard. I don't really have anything on him up in front of me, so I don't really know how he's been playing, which – you know, that, that's kind of important heading up. You don't like to see a guy that started off hot and missed the last two cuts or something heading to Augusta when he's not one of the guys that's been there before, right. if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, that, that was just one of those ones that I keep seeing on the different Twitters and sites and whatnot that, you know, if you, you got a couple extra bucks, throw out there. Uh, FanDuel has him at uh, 35 Plus thirty five hundred, so, okay, so thirty
0: five to one. Thirty five to one. Yeah, it says thirty three here in the ones that I have. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to throw a couple bucks down, go for a few long shots. Um, yeah. You know, stay with some of the big boys for um, you know a more sure bet. But if you uh, you have a little bit to waste and um, you're not worried about it, go for some big hits. Um, Paul Casey, forty to one. Um, not playing spectacular, but certainly not playing bad this year. And, um, you know, let's face it, when you're taking one person against a field, your odds aren't really no. good as it is. But, you know, it, it's worth a shot.
2: But names that I keep seeing popping up, to are Sergio Garcia. Like, there's a throwback to when I first started watching golf. He was a right. hot up-and-comer.
0: Well, he was the uh, heir apparent to... Oh, Athabal, who was the heir apparent to Sevi Ballesteros from Spain. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's he's been there for a long time.
2: Um, Bubba Watson's
0: 9000 Oh, that's worth a $5 bet. I mean, Bubba Watson's one-two green Jags. He may be playing like crap, but, um, you know, some of these guys, that's one thing about experience and wisdom at Augusta. You know, even if your game may be not super sharp, but it's just the experience of playing Augusta that can get you through a lot of these tournaments.
2: So did you happen to see um, DeChambeau is experimenting with a four, was it 4.5? Oh, with uh,
0: Vijay Singh watching, laughing at him, swinging at that thing today.
2: I missed that one, but oh. he's busting out a new driver, a 4.5 degree. Okay. Which it, I'm probably wrong on this, but as you go down in your angle – it's supposed to increase distance, but you're not getting as much loft, correct? Oh,
0: exactly. Yeah, because the angle is, is flatter. Right. You know, the lower the angle, the flatter the club face.
2: So my thing is, why would you do that at Augusta, which I don't really look at as one of the longest courses? It's not. So you're already the longest average drive on the tour right now. What does that extra one degree, what What does that give you?
0: I'm almost starting to think that he is trying to – he's either believing the hype or trying to expand the hype. Um, look, you don't have to go out and drive every green in Augusta to win. I mean – you know, ask Larry Mize. He won a Masters. He, you know, he was certainly not a long hitter. You know, and you can go down through the list of champions at, at Augusta. There's not always a long hitter that wins. It's the smart player. You keep it on the fairway. You hit on the green, or at least around the green, and you putt well. You don't have to hit it 500 yards to win.
2: And I, by no means am I an expert on Augusta. or even golf in general, but the one thing I do know is Augusta separates the men from the boys. Like you have to be good from the box to irons to fairway woods to putting, like wedges. Everything you you have to be on. Exactly. Not, not just day one, not just day two. That this is the course that separates people.
0: That's exactly right, and let's it goes back to my previous statement I don't care who you are when you get to the final round if you're in contention that pressure dial is dialed up at Augusta maybe nowhere else like that I have seen more people melt away over the fifty five masters that I've watched than you can shake a stick at I mean it it's it I've seen veterans chunk them into raised crick you know and three putts from five feet and um you just it's just hard to describe
2: well with that we're bordering the 40 minute mark uh what do you say we throw it to our friends at dead sled
0: that's a great idea
2: we'll come back and um we'll We'll wing it from there.
0: Well, I've got a NASA story, oh, and
2: uh, yeah, we've got all kinds of things to That sounds out come. of this world. <laughs> yeah. <You know, laughs> oh. Oh. Boo. All right. We'll be
0: right back here, and uh, we are Briggs and Finkelstein on Chaos and Disorder minus Mr. Fligger. We'll be right back.
2: And we're going to wing this because I can't do music, and the computer just came up with some weird air, so Dead Sled... I told Flickr we wouldn't be able to do this. (laughs) So apologies in advance to Dead Sled, but here we go.
0: Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DeadSled. 15 and take 15% off your order. DeadSledCoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. Welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. We are Briggs and Finkelstein, minus Fligger, who has gone to his daughter's volleyball game as the dutiful father that he is. And before we get off the master's, Ollie Hondra, Tommy Fleetwood, forty-five to one is not a bad throw a couple bucks at either, and uh, he always he's been playing well. Bubba Watson's at fifty to one, so um, it ought to be exciting. I love Masters Week, and and it's starting to feel more like it's normal again. You know, we did have you know the NCAA tournament, which was canceled last year. Maybe it wasn't full capacity, et cetera, but we had the full tournament. Hockey's being played. NBA's being played. Major League Baseball isn't delayed. The Masters is in April. I mean, it's finally starting at least to feel like we're in some sort of normal sequence of the way things should be. You know, Because now once the Masters is over, then we can concentrate on the NFL draft. Oh, and
2: like
0: then it just progresses normally, finally.
2: I'm excited. Normalcy is... I'm chomping at the bit for. Yeah. Get get back to the 162-game MLB, and granted, uh, hockey's on an abbreviated schedule, but, you know, we're getting there. We are getting there. And
0: you know what? I'm kind of liking this 50-some game hockey season.
2: I'm not entirely opposed, I guess... Of all the sports, I don't want to say I'm a purist when it comes to hockey, but I'm a, I'm big on hockey as far as hockey is hockey. It, it, it should be played the full season. It should be, there should, uh, what's, what's the phrase, uh, unpopular opinion. Uh, hockey should have fights there. There should be goons. Oh, I agree. That, like that's me. That's how I feel about hockey. I get the shortened season, it amplifies things, but there's just something about hockey and playing the whole way through. And then you you, you have this season that fans are invested in and then the Stanley Cup run hits and it is a pure fever. It, oh, I There's no sport, as much as I love football and as much as I'm now getting into golf, hockey just from opening night drop of the puck until the last horn goes off for the Stanley Cup, I'm in.
0: I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is the premier playoff sport in my mind. 100%. Because yeah. it is knockdown, down, drag out. The refs don't take it over um, with ticky-tack calls for the most part, and they let them play. And they're basically only calling the really flagrant, yep. dirty calls. And then and, and they let the teams play it out. And and one thing I like about hockey is you don't know who's going to win.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: and I, I mean, I mean, because you can basically – you can look at the NBA playoffs. And you can look at like whatever, say the Atlanta – well, they're not going anywhere. No. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if they're in the playoffs or, you know, pick a team – Other than, you know, your Bostons and your Lakers and so forth, a few teams, they're not going anywhere. And and it's all basically just a matter of money-making, play these games so we can make some money. Yeah. But hockey, an eight seed, knocking off a one seed, isn't like, oh my God, that is like something for the ages. No, this happens all the time (laughs) because these teams are tough.
2: Yeah. I mean, you look back um the Penguins when they got Crosby and Malkin and they had their stacked teams. People were saying, "Oh, they're they're invincible." The, not that they'll go undefeated, but nobody can beat them and just on and on and on. And through those years, how many cups did they get? Right? Like that that's what I love about hockey. You you get teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and Dodgers where they stack these teams like you're saying and yeah. If they don't, if they don't win a division championship, it's a complete loss.
0: Well, yeah, but but you're also talking of two hundred million dollar payrolls as opposed to seventy million right. for a lot of right. other teams. Well, yeah. of course you're going to have a hell of a lot more talent in over a hundred sixty two game season. I mean that that kind of you know advantage. Because that two hundred million dollars buys a lot of depth. Whereas seventy million buys a couple of stars and a bunch of bums <laughs> yeah. that when if a star gets hurt, you have nobody to replace them, and that's just the way it is. Do
2: do you happen to know offhand what the uh pirates payroll is this year?
0: It's the lowest in the league. It's it's ridiculously is it, low. Is fifty it,
2: million, something like that? I was gonna say like forty seven or yeah. fifty two million. It's, it's terrible. It, and Dodgers are two hundred or 240 right. or something yeah and, get... and
0: they call this a a fair distribution in in the league i mean uh, to me it's it's ludicrous
2: i was having a conversation uh earlier where we were discussing the fact of small market versus big market and my dad was a huge yankees fan growing up um and that's how i was brought up you, i was a yankees fan uh i'm talking steve sax era so they weren't great but Um, but I'm in the Pittsburgh area, so I was also a Pirates fan. Thankfully it was the Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, Andy Van Slyke era. But at a young age, I recognized what George Steinbrenner was doing. He didn't give a shit. He paid that luxury tax. Yeah. I bought championships. I put a lot of money in my pocket. Those other teams that aren't spending Jack, they're putting some money in their pocket. I respect that. He was going out there to win and not only win, decimate. Loved it. Right. Like go out, spend your money that you have rather than.
0: But they've also um, <sighs> bastardized the system by with the revenue sharing. Oh, that's
2: such bull. It like, is. It,
0: I mean, if you have thirty teams, it should be equal. I don't care yep. what market you are, because Agreed. that's what makes parity. But they don't want parity.
2: Nope. And it, that's it,
0: what I hate
2: the, the owners found this wonderful loophole where they can just sit back and they can rake in money for doing Jack. They just they, look at the pirates. Like, let's face it. We're homers. We like, well, some of us like the pirates. So we like the Steelers. We like the penguins. It is just unbelievable what the ownership has done to the pirates. And it, it just sucks. It It sucks that 30 minutes away, we could go to, I think they're still ranked the number one stadium in the MLB, and the stadium's 10 years old now?
0: Something like that. 15 years. That's pitiful.
2: And, it never gets used. And so I, nobody yeah. wants to go.
0: Why but, would you? I mean, yeah. it's terrible. Why pay that kind of money to watch a team that you know has no prayer?
2: Yeah. so We are spending way too much time on the MLB. But... You
0: got that right. Hey, <laughs> did you hear about... A Croatian diver broke a Guinness World Record.
2: I I did not hear well, let that. let me
0: tell you about that. I
2: would love to hear about the Croatian diver. A
0: Croatian that... diver broke a Guinness World Record and his own personal record for holding his breath by staying submerged underwater on a single lungful of air. Can you guess for how long?
2: So we're talking not flippy spinny diver, but go underwater for...
0: Just basically, if you're standing in a pool and you just go underwater and stay underwater. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, on one lung full of air. I could probably do about seven seconds. I'm going to guess for, no, seven minutes and 38 seconds.
0: 24 minutes and 33 seconds on a single lung full of air.
2: That is not human.
0: Budamer Buddha, Buddha Subat. I love the name. 54 years old. Oh, geez. Broke his own record of 24 minutes and 11 seconds on a single breath in 2018. Uh, his previous accomplishment was not submitted to Guinness, which listed the record for being underwater at 11 minutes and oh, 35 geez. seconds prior <laughs> to his attempt. He wanted to set an official record for his daughter, Sasha, 20, who has cerebral palsy and epilepsy. He wanted to raise some money. 24 minutes and 33 seconds on a lung full. That is some lungs, buddy.
2: Hey, Buddha, good on you. <laughs> Here, here's one for you.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Here's our seven seconds to add to
1: it.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you what, like, the fact that he, like, He's going out there to set this record for his daughter for a good cause, and right that's awesome, not like I'm going right. out there to become famous or something, and the fact that he like over doubled it just i'm gonna guess on a whim, like I'm gonna go hold my breath underwater yeah, unofficially, and then like, oh wait, so the record's only eleven minutes Psh.
0: i i mean i I couldn't even sit on a couch, nope for twenty four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> And not move. I mean, I, I don't. I just don't understand how this guy did that. I mean, it's amazing. Uh,
2: that's got to be some kind of like me- it's a world record meditation right. type thing underwater. Because
0: kind of like a turtle, you slow yeah. everything down. I don't know, man. That's that's
2: crazy. That is that is something.
0: It really is. So, staying off of the sports subject, mm. Um, mm. NASA actually has a chopper on Mars. Did you know that? I
2: saw that.
0: Well, did you know what's on that chopper? Is it going to attempt a flight? Um, I'm not sure exactly when it is, but they're going to try a to get the helicopter 10 feet off the ground in that thin atmosphere up in Mars. But there's something on that helicopter that is rather historic. Did you happen to see that?
2: I didn't, but I'm going to guess it's an In-N-Out burger. No. Ah.
0: It actually was on the 1969 Apollo 11 Neil Armstrong flight. Oh. Okay. And it was also on, it accompanied John Glenn into orbit in 1998 in the space shuttle Discovery when John Glenn went up. Now, NASA's four-pound helicopter will attempt to rise 10 feet into the extremely thin Martian air on its first hop. Up to five increasingly higher and longer flights are planned over the course of the month. But what they do have on there is a swatch of the Canvas airplane from Wilbur and Orville Wright's 1903 flight. As soon as you said
2: swatch, I remembered seeing something about that that's awesome it is like there's history not only on earth but on mars
0: yeah 118 years later isn't that something that's crazy 118 years from the first time they flew to and were on mars with a helicopter Uh,
2: of all things the aircraft that isn't supposed to fly to begin with exactly (laughs) it's like a the i forget who said it the helicopter is the aviation's version of a bumblebee not supposed to be able to fly
0: right but a bumblebee flies it does why not a helicopter
2: exactly let's put some steel and jet fuel up in that air
0: heck yeah let's start (laughs) polluting that baby
2: (laughs) you got anything else off topic any other tidbits of potpourri
0: (sighs) I'll leave it to you. I mean, well, I can always come up with something. but there we go. The anticipation in your eyes, I could tell you wanted to tell me something. That,
2: that was a mini segue. Did you happen to catch Aaron Rodgers' Jeopardy no. appearance?
0: I'm sorry. I, I'm, <laughs> call, call me a you know, grumpy or an old curmudgeon, whatever you want. But I find it hard to believe. I mean, you have somebody like an Alex Trebek that was mm-hmm. on Jeopardy. And now anybody that's been in the spotlight for anything gets to be a a host on Jeopardy now. You know, I'm sorry. Aaron Rodgers, he's a great quarterback, but I don't care if he's an MC of a dumb game show. (laughs) Give me somebody who knows what he's doing.
2: Well, he actually did really good, and he is a huge Alex Trebek fan.
0: And Well, he should be.
2: Um, Went about it with the utmost respect, but he actually is – throwing out a proposal that he can host jeopardy full-time I didn't and see that and still be a full-time nfl quarterback i i'm i'm okay with that although i think it was earlier you uh put uh i always want to say lavar is it lamar lamar the reading rainbow guy he wanted to be the host of jeopardy yeah, lamar
0: burton yeah, yeah. lavar burton i'm sorry Levar. yes lavar burton <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm I'm fine with either one.
0: I love LeVar Burton. I think he would be an excellent host.
2: I I did not like the Ken Jennings version of Jeopardy. Like, I I understand why they did it. I appreciated it, but no.
0: Now, see, this is the problem that I see with it. Aaron Rodgers, as we know, has more money than he'll be able to ever spend in a lifetime. Okay? Valid. So... The first bad year he has, we already see what's coming. Oh well, yeah! If you weren't so busy being a damn game show host, <laughs> you, you know you could study playing foot practice playing football.
2: Well, I mean, Green Bay doesn't want him anymore. So if he has a bad year, he rides off into Who's the sunset. Green
0: Bay won uh,
2: who knows? They uh, want Aaron Rodgers. They, don't no, kid yourself. No, no, no. They they don't. They want him out of there. They're they are. The Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Well, yeah, you know, they sure don't want Ben out of here. Are uh, they, you kidding?
2: They want Ben out, but they're too homerish to be like, "Get out of here! We're going to upset the fans." They
0: had the perfect. They out. had a great out. They, well, they did, out. which tells me that number one, they have no, absolutely no confidence in Mason Rudolph. Who does? Mason Rudolph. But they also have no aspirations of trying to obtain anybody else.
2: So I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to assume that you are older than Ben Roethlisberger. Why, thank you. I mean, not by much, but nonetheless. Did you play college football? No. Did you play high school football? Yes. Okay. I would be willing to start you over Mason Rudolph. I would... 16 games, I would put Mr. Briggs in over Mason Rudolph. With that being said, they can take a seventh-round flyer and start over Mason Rudolph.
0: But see, that's that's my point. It's kind of like... They, tur- they were such a big hurry to restructure Ben and everything. We've seen Sam Darnold come up. We've seen now Teddy Bridgewater all of a sudden is available. Um, you know, maybe uh, Jameis Winston would have been available somewhere along the line.
2: I um, I would take Jameis Winston over Ben Roethlisberger yes. for the sheer excitement.
0: Exactly. But that's my point. They don't want Ben out of there. They're trying to keep him around because Mike Tomlin likes the status quo. You don't ever see ever since Dick LeBeau left okay. ever since we run Todd Haley out, it's been the same Crohn's recirculating
2: and their underlings coming up.
0: Exactly. That's all it is. And, and Ben runs the show. Um, if if they think Matt Canada is going to come in and shake up this offense and all of a sudden magically have some sort of run game when they don't even have a damn running back and they haven't done anything to improve the offensive line, it's going to be the same 2.2 seconds. Ben short outs to somebody and they'll win their eight games or seven to nine games. Let's put it that way. They still won't have a great pick going into the next year when Ben's out of there. So they're either going to have to trade way up to get a quarterback, or they're going to hopefully find somebody on on the scrap heap to bring in for a year or two. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but I think they shot themselves in the foot, and I think the Pittsburgh fans are going to have to get used to some dry times for quite a
2: while. Did Did you happen to see the um the all the all the big names in their draft board? And their their variants put Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. That is, if Miami doesn't draft him first or the Jets draft him first. And honestly, out of those three teams, Pittsburgh might be the only line that he cannot run behind. Again, I'm a homer and I don't think Najee Harris, who I love and would love to see him black and gold. Okay, I mean our our line sucks.
0: I'm going to give you I mean, you're You're the GM. Okay. Najee Harris is available. Yep. First round. Do you go Najee Harris or do you go offensive line?
2: I'm taking Najee. And then next season, I am am going all out on any offensive free agent or offensive lineman free agent, and I am bolstering that line. And Kyle Trask is on nobody's list until, like, the third round now. I'll take Kyle Trask in the third round, well, one of gonna...
0: one of the advantages is it is a deep offensive line, especially tackle class coming in. You could probably get um quality starters in the second and third rounds yeah. on on your offensive line this year um I don't know they they need a lot of help and and i'm but irregardless of that, I just don't think. Ben Roethlisberger is not going to turn into, in his last year, oh, yeah, I want to do everything you want to do, Matt Canada. Let's do everything. Let's do the play action. Let's do under center. I don't want to do shotgun anymore. Yeah, right. I mean, it's going to be the same stuff that we've seen for years, and they'll get to the playoffs maybe, maybe. if they do. It's, it's one and done. They're out coached. They're outplayed by any team that's in the playoffs.
2: I, the the 17-game season is going to throw a wrench in Pittsburgh's mediocrity. Again, Homer, and I am saying mediocrity, because that's at best what they will be this I year. I
0: agree. I agree. If they win seven games, I'll, I'll be, I won't say amazed, but I will be mildly surprised they win
2: seven to eight games. Well, between Kyle Trask and... Which I still don't understand why he's dropping like a brick lately, um, and apparently Justin Fields is n- nobody's pick in the top ten for whatever reason. Who knows? Maybe we will end up with a good quarterback.
0: I don't want Justin Fields, quite frankly, and I'm not. It's not a slight on him. I just don't. <sighs> I don't think he would be a good fit. In basically that offense, period. It would have to be completely overhauled, and I I just don't think that it could be.
2: Which is what Pittsburgh needs, is a complete overhaul.
0: But it's not going to happen. It won't,
2: no. And back to your thing about them just recycling everybody. Let's face it, when Ben's done, he's going to end up a coach. He'll be offensive coordinator or something like that because Ben that's is what...
0: not going to be a coach
2: no, he will because Pittsburgh will be like well we know Ben and well heh. I
0: don't think he will I think he's like a Brett Favre he's about Ben and Ben only and when he's done he's done
2: yeah hey Joey Porter was about Joey Porter and he became a coach okay
0: point <laughs> well taken we ought to take another break what do you think
2: I, I think we should uh, throw it to our friends at the chop shop They always treat us so well.
0: Indeed. And we will be right back. This is Chaos and Disorder. We are Briggs & Finkelstein minus Fligger. We'll be right back. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, You're sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at chopshopbutler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania. And tell them Flieger and Briggs sent you. Welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. We don't have Flieger bellowing into the mic. We are, went to his daughter's volleyball game and this Briggs and Finkelstein. She, I like that sound.
2: It's, it rolls off the tongue.
0: Briggs and Finkelstein. I,
2: I hear that Flieger's daughter is quite the ace master.
0: Yes, she aces about every serve in volleyball from what I hear. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, If he was a good father, <laughs> not only would he attend the games, he would actually film them, bring them back, and then we could see them like next week and then we could just, you know, talk about that for a while.
2: Yeah, we could totally promote the uh local high school. Um I got I got a question for you. I'm ready. What if you were to guess what happened 27 years ago to the day in sports? Specifically sports media, dare I say?
0: 27 years ago would be what? 94?
2: You're the math guy.
0: Ninety-four. What happened in ninety-four? Is there a specific sport?
2: I will. You know what? I'll just cut to the chase, and I will tell you that five foot nine, one hundred and fifty-nine pound Jim Rome squared up oh, against. Oh
0: yeah, the Jim everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember six that. foot
2: five, two hundred and twelve pound Jim Everett. Yeah, I remember watching that as a kid, and I was just like, "That big guy's gonna kill that little guy."
0: Yeah, and we'd all been better <laughs> off. But I <laughs> will tell you what, clones. <laughs> hey. no, I, yeah, I I do remember that. In fact, I was in uh, a little Twitter conversation about that. Somebody somebody chimed in about Jim Rome and a couple other hammerheads from the '80s or from the '90s and 2000s saying. They're, you know the pioneers have set the you know and, and pioneers i mean let, let's face it yeah I mean they're you know they've made names themselves they've done great you know God bless them but um I you know pioneers I mean you tell me how
2: so the only way that I get the gym room as a pioneer is he brought the shock talk radio to sports and not saying that other people didn't quite do it before him, but he was the first one ESPN picked up and ran with on ESPN two, which I don't know. It, did you watch the video today? It, it was, I've a,
0: seen it a million times. Yeah. It,
2: it, it made me laugh because the logo for ESPN two is that neon yellow. Yeah. With right. the like spray paint ESPN two when ESPN two is the quote unquote extreme sport right channel and
0: you know I guess I I guess I get what you're talking about especially with the younger generation but you know being an older guy I mean you know I was already used to Howard Stern Don Imus right. a lot of these kind of guys and you know Rome just came across. A lot of his stuff's funny. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Agreed. He, there's nothing wrong with him. I mean, don't get me wrong there. But he more or less came across more of just an arrogant jerk than than any type of a shock jock. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, but I, I mean that that line gets blurred a lot. But um, I, I got to give the guy credit. Like again, Jim Everett, six foot five. Jim Rome, five foot nine. professional athlete versus desk jockey not not shaming him in any way but let's face it like he's right. he's not a, a joe rogan that's a desk jockey in those brazilian jiu-jitsu and is a quintuplet black belt
0: well, it's like uh, the old um and i can't remember i don't think it was Geraldo, but it was somebody you know that ilk you know not very big guy or the dr david schultz you know from wrestling Oh his yeah! Drum and clubbed him across the head. You know, is that fake? You know,
2: actually, that might have been. Her-
0: it might have been heraldo, I can't
2: because he had that string where he got cracked in the face with a chair. Right. And I think that might have been him.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that but- was that was exciting. That was that was fun.
2: <laughs> oh, the good old days.
0: Now I did see. You mentioned Joe Rogan. I did see. We were talking. You talk about size. And so forth of people. And he had Jake the Snake Roberts Mm -hmm. on one of his episodes. I watched that.
2: That was a fantastic episode. It
0: was. And as you recall, they played a film of him wrestling Andre the Giant. Yep. And Joe Rogan was like amazed. It's like, you look like a little kid. Right and Jake Snake goes, yes, I did. But bear in mind, I was six foot six, <laughs> two hundred and seventy pounds,
2: and and that's not build height and weight. Right, that is legitimate.
0: <laughs> exactly. He was a big man, but yeah. Andre was a giant. I mean, you know, legitimate. Exactly.
2: Did you ever? Uh, I know you go way back on the wrestling stuff, but did you ever see? I think a lot of it is actually black and white of his wrestling when he was in um France.
0: I've seen a few of the films, yes. He
2: the way he moved in the ring, you would swear he would, like if somebody was the same size as him, which is I'm not saying is possible, some of the things he was doing is what like luchadors were doing.
0: Well, let's face it, he was young. Yep. And They basically cured Paul White, you know, the big show, of that ailment, which they couldn't do to Andre. So, I mean, he was basically, you know, a young Paul White at that time. And, yeah, he could move before it became debilitating. Yeah. And and that was the sad part about it. I mean, we – you know – a lot of people only remember like Hulk Hogan slamming him and winning the title and so forth. Well, by that time he could hardly move. Yeah, I mean uh, his whole match is where he, he grabs somebody around the neck and then sit on him in the corner, and, and that's basically all he could do because of that disease that he had, elephantitis or whatever it
2: was. I forget what it was. Yeah, but
0: but yeah, I mean he he could move at a young age, and I can remember. Um, way back when he even when he hit the big time, he had that big bushy hair oh, and yeah. it was really big. Um, he was about four hundred pounds at the time.
2: Again, not build legitimate yeah. four hundred pounds.
0: Exactly. And but he was still agile for seven foot five, four hundred pound yeah. man, yeah. And I mean but yeah, you know, I mean that that kind of thing just takes a toll on a body and it was sad to see him be so crippled up for so long.
2: So along those lines, do you think an Andre the Giant, we'll even say in his prime, not debilitated by the disease, do you think that the WWE or we'll say New Japan Impact AEW, do you think he would hold the same... I guess, just awe, as he did then. Yeah. And so, I'll tell you why. I, I will debate you the, on that, but go ahead.
0: I'll tell you why. Because we all know what Hulk Hogan looked like Yep. Uh, when he he won the title. And so six foot eight, 335 pounds, ripped. Mm-hmm. In an interview with Hulk Hogan, when... Um I think it was maybe on Andre's biography or something I can't even remember what it was. But Vince McMahon called him into his office and said you're taking the title from Andre tonight. Or this week whatever, right. you know. And the que- the first question that came out of Hulk Hogan's mind was or mouth was does he know? Right. And he said yes. And the guy asked Hulk Hogan, Hogan? why did you ask that? He says, because if he didn't want to give it up, I wasn't taking it from him. Right. I mean, you got a guy at six foot eight, ripped like him at 330 pounds. He'd have no chance against him. And he was crippled at that time.
2: Yeah. I forget. We we may have talked about it before. Did you see the Andre documentary on HBO? Yes. Oh, so good. Yes. So good. Um, So to my my debate aspect of this um i i think he would be held in high regard but by today's standards and today's um sports entertainment athletes that, that sounds negative they're athletes I, i'm not one yeah, of, of those of course they are i'm not one of those ones that wrestling's fake no nope, they're athletes you look at people like big e and luke gallows um Kevin Nash and like Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, like these guys are massive. And going back to what I said about Andre uh, in that black and white era when he was uh, 15, 17 years old and looking like a luchador, Brock Lesnar doing a uh, shooting star press or Bobby Lashley just hucking whoever around the ring like they're a ragdoll. Bobby Lashley, who is in the, um, I think, Pride or K-1, I can't remember my apologies, and just dominating people left and right.
0: Okay, but bear in mind, you're talking about Andre at 15, 17 years old. Let's talk about him at 28 years old,
2: not crippled. And 400 pounds, Okay, still 400 pounds. But
0: let's not forget, now he has access to the same diet and training that all these other guys have so now we're not just talking about you know this massive guy that he's just huge now all of a sudden he's ripped now i have a 450 pound ripped guy to a 330 pound ripped guy
2: now brock and bobby are up around 350, Whatever. But,
0: but still. Not, yeah, but you can't take another down the wave. They're huge. Sure, they're great. I mean, what well, Big John Studd was around back right. then. Right. Bruiser Brody was 350 pounds back in those days.
2: So, to go against what I'm debating, those guys, Big John Studd and uh, you, – you name those big brawlers, those were guys that worked on a farm strong. You're right. Like, they, they aren't the – I'm in a gym for eight hours a day. And again, not to sound negative, but there is a difference between Farm Strong and Jim Strong.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right, buddy. And I'll tell you another thing that's a difference of them is if it gets into moving and flexibility and and just a real street brawl as opposed to a choreographed show, right. which is what it is. Look, I I remember watching these these old – Harley Race and Nick Bockwinkle's, Ric Flair's 60 minutes, 60-you know, 90-minute matches just go on and on and on. Tables,
2: chairs, blood, gore. Wait a minute. Tables and chairs happened before the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys? You've (laughs) got to be kidding me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love how the WWE built that up, that that was a new thing, and they created yeah. it and everything. Well, what's
0: the Team Extreme now? You have the Hardy brothers and that girl. I don't even, I don't even know who it is. Now? I... Yes, Team Extreme. I saw it on Twitter, and of course, I had to respond because I am old school, and I put up a picture of the Legion of Doom. I said, <laughs> they are not going to have a prayer against these guys.
2: The Bushwhackers. Like,
0: the, yeah. They were crazy. <laughs> Legitimately. Exactly. The Andersons, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: I, um So we we discussed off air via text, and this is this is a legit unpopular opinion. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, I like the hitman, but Owen Hart, I mean, equally as good. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, I thought
2: they were both fantastic. So my my thing with Owen and growing up, I hated Owen Hart. I was a Bret the Hitman Hart fanatic. The sunglasses, the jacket, the the, the intro Heart
0: foundation. Oh
2: man! And and when he went heel, I went heel with him. I was all in on Brett the Hitman yeah. Hart. As I got older, and I'm going back and I, as Mr. Briggs has brought up before, I have a a young daughter just over a year old and there there was a point in time where I was getting up two, three times a night for feedings and I would pop on the WWE network and I was watching old matches. And I started noticing Owen was a worker. Like, of course he was. Like he graduated of Stu's dungeon. But it seems and not to take away from Brett, again, I was a huge Brett fan. I understand where he came from and everything. But Owen had to cr- just scratch and claw to get out of the shadows of Brett, and
0: and they screwed him on top of that—the blue blazer and all this other stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I I feel sorry for him, and and that's how he ended with the blue blazer. You know, dropping down—that's that came to that tragic end. And he did that only because he wanted—he was an honorable guy and wanted yep. to fulfill his contract.
2: Yeah. Um. But going back and oh shoot, now I can't remember what what um match that was that I told you I was gonna go back and rewatch WrestleMania ten. Yeah. Uh Brett versus Owen. And there were there were points in that match where I was just like Owen is legitimately out wrestling Brett in in professional wrestling. And Owen I think he had 30 or 40 pounds legitimate, not build on Brett and he's, he was doing high flyer moves like nothing yeah, and bouncing off ropes. And I mean, when you, when your move set is based off of Brett's and you're doing Brett's moves and making them your own, I I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, Owen may have been the better professional wrestler.
0: He very well could have been. I, I just don't think that he ever attained the aura oh, yeah, that the definitely. Hitman did. Yeah. And I blame a lot of that on Vince McMahon. You know, the, the gimmicks that they come up with with Owen Hart. First, he was a baby face, and they tried to make him evil. Then they turned him into this blue blazer thing, and it, it was like...
2: I think the best the best run was um, I think it was called the Canadian connection and it was Neidhart Bulldog, Brett Owen and Brian Pillman, which we've gone over before. I loved Brian Pillman. Yeah. I thought he was one of the greatest things to ever happen to sports entertainment. Um, But that faction, they all just worked in, WWE writers just for whatever reason kept a mid card and they
0: WWE destroyed so many people in my mind it was just kind of like if you weren't a flunky and did exactly you know everything scripted to perfection that's what happened to you it, it it was it was terrible I mean I'm sorry it was like uh I'm an old NWA guy, Mm -hmm. you know, from the the old Georgia Championship Wrestling and so forth.
2: Not the rap group.
0: No. (laughs) No, exactly. But where these guys did their promos, they were off the cuff. There wasn't anything scripted. And, And if you look at some of these old Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair promos, I mean, that was ad lib stuff. I mean, these guys were professionals. That was what they did. It wasn't Rick Flair was a super worker, but so, he looked good, <laughs> and, and he had you know
2: and Rick Rick Flair was sports entertainment. It is sports entertainment. He embodied everything that WWE was trying to be. Yeah.
0: And what you don't remember, probably I don't know. I, I can't remember what year were you born? Eighty two. Eighty-two. So you probably don't really remember the Four Horsemen.
2: I remember Four Horsemen. No, w- the original. Not them. The right. WCW era with Mongo. Yeah, that Aron. that
0: was not the Four Horsemen. The Four it, Horsemen was.
2: But they had Dean Malenko.
0: It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. He wasn't a horseman either. It was. It was. Rick Flair, Tully Blanchard, Holy Anderson, Arn Anderson. And, of course, a manager, J.J. Dillon. Right. Their arch enemy in his prime, Dusty Rhodes. Now, that was pure gold because Dusty Rhodes brought in Andre the Giant. He brought in George Animal Steel, you know, Ricky Steamboat. (laughs) And it, it was just like they, you know, they attacked Dusty Rhodes in the parking lot, broke his arm with a bat. I and mean, yeah, you know, I mean, this was just classic stuff. And Gordon Soley, the deadpan announcer, making everything sound like it was, it was like the Kennedy assassination happening in, in real time. I mean, he was just so everything was real. And I mean, it was fantastic. This stuff now is, is a joke. I mean, the the funhouse and all that. Yeah, it's all good fun, but yeah, it's Turks. stupid.
2: Yeah. So, um. I, I don't know if we want to get into much more we're bordering on an hour and a half, but
0: And we're probably boring the hell out of people on professional wrestling.
2: Something else I got into and I, I sent you the link for a podcast, but um growing up I was the I was big in the Attitude Era and the uh Nitro Raw Wars. Um Mark Madden, local disc jockey here in Pittsburgh. Um, I did not appreciate how good he was with WCW going back and watching some of these matches. That man was amazing. As much as I don't, he claims that everything he, he does on air is true and that's him and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mark. I appreciate what you're doing. However, what you did in WCW, because obviously he's an avid listener. Oh, to, yeah. He, to, yeah. To chaos and disorder. He's even an
0: Asylumite from years past. Years. Yeah. Years.
2: Uh, I think he was trying to get into the Caveman League. Yeah. Um, but He's still on the waiting list. It's it's deep, but yeah, I think he's like number two or three on yeah. that. But he was really good really really i'm not saying he's jr or
0: he's not gordon solely no he's not lance russell he's not um... i
2: I, but he was really good for that era yeah he was good um i i did not appreciate what he brought to the game back then so for whatever it's worth mark madden because i know you're listening right now i appreciate you
0: and we both do (laughs) and you know what he may get in the league yet. You just never know.
2: I have a feeling somebody is going to be dropping out in the next year or two. I feel it. I feel them in my bones.
0: Well, I certainly hope not.
2: Yeah, It's about that time. I mean, it goes, what, every...
0: I mean, it, we've had the same degenerates for, God, eight years? Has it been eight years? I think so, at least. Yeah. That's 2013. It really hasn't changed.
2: Wow. Yeah, Yeah. And I true. mean
0: it it's twelve horrible human beings. <laughs> it is.
2: But <laughs> if for if we could ever get a pay per view where your listeners can watch the draft, I, we're gonna have to blur out faces and change names, but
0: Well, you couldn't even have the audio on. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could actually watch the draft but you couldn't listen to it.
2: Yeah. It's such degenerates
0: it's it's just not suitable for well really anybody's ears, really, <laughs> except for the twelve people in the room,
2: yeah, so with that, that's
0: there... it, that's chaos and disorder. We are Briggs and Finkelstein. We appreciate you listening to us. We were minus Flieger for most of the show because he was being a good father,
2: hey, yeah. hey, you know what he gets uh.
0: Absolutely. Let's give him another one. Uh, I, yeah, I, you know what? Yay! <laughs> i tell you, he, he's a leader in the clubhouse with the Yays. Uh, happy Masters Week. I hope it's a great one. And, oh, I'm excited. Um, I am I, excited, too. I,
2: I, I, again, I don't want to make it sound like I am an avid golf fan. I, I'm i just now re-getting into the PGA, but I am legit excited for this. And
0: I am, too.
2: I'm going to break Fabe. As much as I de shampoo, I think this is going to be an exciting weekend.
0: I think it is. I, I am. I am looking forward to it. I can't wait. The weather's supposed to be beautiful. Supposed to be warm. Congratulations to Nate Speckman. He has hey. won our NCAA tournament. Hey, and
2: Nate! Yay!
0: Everything's in your court, Mister. I've got the address. I've got everything it's sitting right there. Today, get it is out to Nate.
2: April sixth. 2021 my goal is to get it out in the mail tomorrow and i'm going to get it certified and everything and get you a tracking number
0: there we go uh
2: the only other thing is i'm really excited for this weekend uh i'm going to be making a little trip and um hopefully be bringing back some good beer where are you going i cannot disclose that information at this time it's a long story but but we're gonna do a beer review next week.
0: yes, we are an official beer review
2: yeah, yeah um, so we
0: actually have the um official o- score sheets. official scoring sheets for um uh the being a beer judge um b g or b j c
2: p if there's nothing in life i've ever wanted to be it was a bjc CP. and i have you know i
0: am a bronze medal winner and a silver medal winner home brewer so i know what i'm talking about
2: he does listen to this man he knows and you his do beer.
0: too you drink enough damn beer <laughs> that me, you know if it's good or not i
2: i have drank over a thousand unique beers on untapped there you go get them uh adult stickers that sounded dirty uh I don't, I don't.
0: You know, I have gotten to the point where I cannot stand, you know, this term "adulting," <laughs> forever home and all this other shit. Yeah, you grow up, you buy a house, and you raise a kid, family or something like that. That's just part of life, you know. Because you're <laughs> 35 years old, you've been an adult for 15 years. So don't uh, tell me you're adulting now.
2: A lot of people don't understand that. Understand that they've been an adult for that long. No, maybe, you
0: know... (laughs) Chaos and Disorder Pod at gmail.com. Write any adulting questions to Mr. Oh, Briggs and I will answer them to you I, I concisely like, and honestly.
2: I like that segment that goes right along with Get Off My Lawn, Adulting with Mr. Briggs.
0: Exactly. There we go. But hey,
2: we got to get out of here, so uh, cue the
0: music. This is Chaos and Disorder.
2: You want you want to tell them again where they can find uh, Rival Lovers?
0: Yes, at Real Rival Lovers on Twitter. And you can find them on Bandcamp, of course. And uh, this is just a sample of the stuff that they have. So, you know, get out there, check it out. It is very good. You can find them on YouTube as well. I listen to them on YouTube at work lots of times. So uh,
2: They got four EPs out to go with the four seasons of the year.
0: Exactly. So check them out. Rival Lovers, at Real Rival Lovers on Twitter. We are Briggs and Finkelstein, almost said Flieger and Briggs chaos and disorder you know give us uh, drop us a line at chaos in disorder on twitter and uh chaos and disorder pod at gmail.com you
2: know what, i think we're gonna let this run a little long tonight.
0: whatever take care
2: Costa Luego.